the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for listening in. In part one of this four-part series, we were reminded of how much God loves us and provides for us. In part two, God encourages us to press on no matter what. We must not turn back to what or where we've been delivered from. There's too much at stake, like our relationship with God, our salvation, and our inheritance to eternal life. As Pastor Rander continues to challenge us to remember the Lord our God, have your Bible, pen, and paper handy, and take good notes. Have your Bibles. Would you be so kind enough to turn? We will continue part two of where we left off last Sunday. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse, verses 10 through 14. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 through 14 is our theme passage, but we will be referencing a number of scripture uh, this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 10 through 14, and the scripture reads, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are all around you. And from this text uh, that we began on last week, we want to continue uh, from the subject uh, entitled, Remember the Lord Our God. Remember the Lord Our God. Uh, what, what does God want us to remember? God wants us to remember the fact that, that once he wanted Israel to remember that once he had delivered them from Egypt and through the wilderness and, and brought them over into the promised land, don't forget who brought you there. God wanted Israel, don't you forget, when you get so blessed and when you move in houses you didn't build and, uh, and on land that you didn't earn, when you have olive trees you didn't plant and all of these things, don't forget who crossed you over into the promised land. And that must be, we must be mindful of that as well. We must not forget, forget the God who brought us from where we were to where we are today. God's been good to us. How many know God's been good to you? He's been better, far better than we deserve. We didn't have, we didn't always have what we have now. We didn't always possess what we possess now. 
uh, there are times we deal deal without a whole lot of things. But thanks be the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us beyond ways that we can even describe. And so God is a good God and we should remember him. So let me pose a question. What does God want us to remember? There are things he wants us to remember. Uh, Number one, God wants us to press on. He wants us to remember to press on. Say press on. Scripture says in Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, If only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in, the, in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Man, you're talking about rebellion and unappreciation. This is the height of it right here. But there's something in this text that is for us. Beloved, it's a dangerous thing to attempt to return back to the things that God has delivered us from. It's a dangerous thing to return to the place or the thing that God has delivered us from. Um, Egypt represents the world. God delivered his people out of Egypt, but the people held on to Egypt in their hearts, which caused them to miss inheriting the promised land. And their children got what the adults didn't get because of their obstinance and rebellion. And be it known to you today, don't go back to the place from whence you were delivered. Because all of us, truth be told, we've all been delivered from something. Don't go back there. Don't go back to those old locations where you used to sin and just let yourself go. Don't go back to those addicting habits that became strongholds in your life. Don't don't go back to certain people that will set you back to your own spiritual and physical demise. Press on. Move on. God brought you into this new year to press on and not go back and revisit those old things that will re-enslave you to your own detriment. Let me tell you something else about this text. Uh, if, If we are going to inherit God's promises for us today, we must be willing to believe the promises of God and press on by faith. If we are going to inherit the promises of God today, we must be willing to believe the promises of God and press on by faith, lest we forfeit the blessings of God and reap the consequences of disobedience. I'll reiterate, if we're going to inherit God's promises for us today, we must be willing to believe the promises of God and press on by what? By faith, lest we forfeit the blessings of God and reap the consequences of disobedience. If you don't press on, if you fail to trust the promises of God by faith, then you will forfeit the blessings that could have been yours and instead reap the consequences of disobedience. 
And it's far better to trust the promises of God and inherit blessings because of obedience and not consequences because of disobedience. Another thing I like to say about this text is this. Beloved, God has given us a fresh start by allowing us to enter into this brand new year. This new year is a fresh start. Say fresh start. It's a new beginning, the dawning of a new beginning. It's a fresh start. So with that being said, there may have been some unfortunate, some very unfortunate things that happened to so many of you last year and beyond. Some of you could have experienced separation. Others of you could have experienced divorce. Some last year experienced betrayal. Some of you experienced failed relationships. Some of you last year experienced loss of jobs. And others of you experienced crisis of health. Some of you experienced setbacks. And others of you have made some real bad, horrific, bad decisions. However, we can't live in the past and hold on to our regrets and our failures and our disappointments if we're going to be productive and useful, useful to God today. What, what Satan would love for you to do today is beat yourself up over last year's failures. And that has no eternal value for God today with you going back, oh man, how could I have made that decision? Um, how could I have done this or that? People disappointed me and I was hurt and I was bruised and I failed God and all these things. You repent, get up, don't wallow in self-pity. Realize God has given you a brand new year to do a greater thing for God. And so what we need to do with those failures and those regrets and bad decisions, we must learn lessons from our past and use them to propel us to serve to the maximum of our potential and to the glory of God today. Use those failures and those regrets, those hurts, those bad decisions, and all those things that have been very unfortunate last year uh, as, as lessons to be learned and to grow thereby so that God can use us to the maximum of our potential today. All of us have had uh, some issues, and there are some things all of us could have done better if we could do it all over again. But you can't go back into last year and fix that. God has given you this year. That's right. That's right. Whatever you messed up, God has given you a new year to fix it up. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13b and 14 says, But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. For heaven's sake, press on. Say press on. Say it a little bit louder. Press on. Press on. Don't allow yourself to stay stagnant and stay down in a spiritual rut. The Word of God tells us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is talking to God. We talk to our family, friends, co-workers, acquaintances, and strangers with ease. Yet so often, we don't take the time to talk with God, our source, for everything.
Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Prayer does and will sustain us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We have it within us. We must always tap into it. Secondly, here's a second point we need to consider. We must remember to pray this year. That's what we, we, we must remember to pray. Since life is filled with uncertainties, we don't know what we're going to face this year. There are going to be critical decisions that are going to be made this year. We're going to be experiencing dangers seen and unseen this year. We, we have global economic instability. We are in a nation that's on a spiritual decline. We're in the midst of wars and rumors of wars and all types of crises. Prayer is not an option. It is a necessity. And we are spiritually negligent if we fail to live in a spirit of prayer. Prayer is what sustains us. Prayer is what strengthens us. Prayer is what helps us survive. Prayer is what helps us succeed in the midst of of a gloom and doom reports from media, from pressure, from injustice, and from, from crises. Prayer is what helps us to make it. If not for the power of prayer, life issues will wipe us out. That's right. It, it, is, it is incumbent upon all of us that we be a praying man, a praying father, a praying mother, a praying child. Prayer fortifies us, it shores us up, it strengthens us, it encourages us, it, 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 it increases our resilience and our tenacity to the glory of God. Much prayer, much power, little prayer, little power, no prayer, no power. And as we prepare us to start to re-engage in our prayer sessions and prayer gatherings on Wednesday, starting this Wednesday, we need a host of people coming out to get out on bended knees and petition God in prayer. Psalms 55, 17 says, evening and morning and noon, I will pray and cry aloud and he shall hear my voice. Evening, morning and noon. In other words, we need to be praying all day long. All day long, we need to live in a spirit of prayer. Matthew 26, 41 says, watch and pray. In other words, be alert and pray lest you enter into temptation. The, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray on. And not only you ought to be praying for your family and praying for uh, your issues, but you ought to be praying for others. You ought to be interceding on behalf of others. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says it right there, Philippians 1, 4, 5, it says, Always in every prayer of mine, says Paul, making requests for you all with joy. You ought, to, you, you ought to count it joy to be able to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. In other words, Paul is saying, from the first day I met you till now, I've not ceased to pray for you, to intercede for you with great joy. You need to be praying for me. That's right. Satan's after me. That's right. Satan wants to mess me up. He wants me to fall. I am not invincible. I am not exempt from failures and troubles and temptations. You ought to be praying for your pastor. Matter of fact, I, be, I believe there'll be less pastors falling in ministry if the congregation are committed to increasing their prayer life on, on his behalf. 
People talk about people when they fall, but you need to ask yourself a question. How much praying did I do for that man, his wife, his children, and grandchildren, and so forth? I need to be praying for you. You need to be praying for me. We need to be praying one for, for one another. As a matter of fact, when we're praying for one another, we can't gossip about one another. When we pray for one another, we can't bite back one another. Prayer, just, prayer will keep you from doing some pretty bad things. Prayer will make you hush your mouth. Prayer will make you catch yourself. That's right. You used to cuss folk out, but prayer has flushed your mouth out. Number three. God help me. Remember, here's what we must remember. This is a big one. Remember there is an inner spiritual war between the flesh and the spirit. We forget about the war within us. Remember that there is an inner spiritual war between the flesh and the spirit. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. Oh, you gotta, you've got to please turn there because these scriptures are of such profound significance. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. It says, but I say walk, which means live by the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of, of, of the flesh. That flesh is that old Adamic nature. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed. Look at that. Underline that. For these are opposed to each other. They don't get along. <laughs> They're in conflict with one another. Underline that opposed. They don't, the flesh and the spirit don't get along. Uh, 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 they're opposed to each other to keep you, say me, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. You see? Uh, that, that's big right there. Now, that's something I want to say. Hang your hats on this scripture now and, and hold on to your seatbelts. Before salvation, we are a child of Satan. Before salvation, we are blind and in darkness. Huh? Before we came to Christ, we were under his dominion and power. Are y'all hanging with me? Before we came to Christ, we, we were a child of the devil. We did devilish things. We were blind in darkness and under his dominion and power. But before we came to Christ, we were given over to pride. Pride had overtaken us. We were given over to selfishness. Before Christ, given over to cheating and lying. Before Christ, given over to stealing and sexual immorality, sleeping late with anybody could care less. Before Christ, given over to witchcraft, given over to idolatry. Before coming to Christ, given over to, to drunkenness and foolishness. Before you came to Christ, given over to hate, given over to jealousy. Before coming to Christ, you were given over to selfish ambition. It was about what you want instead of what God wanted. Before coming to Christ, you were given over to discords and you were just and you were given over to fits of rage. You go crazy. You go off on people. Before coming to Christ. But oh, after you got saved. After you got born again, say born again. Uh, after you got converted, say converted. Listen, but at salvation and conversion, we are regenerated. And indwelt by the Holy Spirit, which initiates the beginning of the inner war 
between the flesh and the spirit. Okay? Before salvation, you were given over to all that stuff I just listed. You say, I didn't call yours. It's in the Bible. Just keep on reading. Okay? That's right. All have sinned and come short. We messed up and we've sinned some terribly. But at salvation and conversion, we are regenerated and indwelt by the Holy Spirit which initiates the beginning of the inner war between the flesh and the spirit. Are y'all hanging with me? Now I want to say something else in light of that. B, apart from the Holy Spirit's power, no one has the, no one has the power to control the lust of the flesh. Oh, you better listen to me, church. Apart from the Holy Spirit's power, apart from, apart from the Holy Ghost, no one, I absolutely no one has the power to control the lust of the flesh. The only way to conquer the flesh is to yield to the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Now, if we fail to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and depend on our own human strength and wisdom rather than relying on the Holy Spirit's power, we will yield to and gratify the evil desires, inclinations, and proclivities of our fleshly appetites. I better repeat that again. If we fail to submit to the leading of whom? The Holy Spirit. And, and we fail, if we fail to lean on the Holy Spirit and instead depend on our own strength, depend on our own wisdom rather than rely on the Holy Spirit's power, we will yield to and gratify the evil desires, the inclinations and proclivities of our fleshly desires, which is our unredeemed humanness that seeks to rebel and be independent of God. That's right. That's a big thought. Now, to substantiate what I'm saying, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. You have your Bible with you. Everybody needs to turn to that, that, that passage. You know, this will help us live to understand the war within and to help us better live the Christian life. You, you, you ever wonder why you're struggling? Well, well I'm, I'm trying to help you understand why there's a struggle in the first place. Okay, when you find Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25, say amen. Look what it says. This is, uh, look what it says. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, soul under sin. I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want. But I do the very thing I hate. Verse 16. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Verse 18. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. That's what we've been talking about. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not Look, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want 
It's what I keep on doing. Is that you? <laughs> now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being. But I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who would deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Isn't that a big passage? Y'all need to hold on to that passage because there is the inner war. In that passage is the inner struggle. Now, there's some major insights I want to give you off of what Paul, Paul had a, an intense inner struggle and Paul was a spiritual giant in the ministry. And I don't consider myself being nowhere near where Paul was. I'm trying to get there. Well, I'm trying to get there. Aren't you trying to get better? We, we all trying to get better, but I haven't gotten there yet. I'm still, I'm still pressing on toward that. But there's something, even Paul, who was a tremendous spiritual giant, had an intense spiritual struggle. Huh? Now, here's what I want you to get. As in the case of Paul, every born-again believer will experience an intense inner war between the flesh and the spirit. And the one you feed the most is the one who wins. Now, yeah, oh God, help me. Oh God, help me preach this message. God is our stronghold. God is our refuge. God is our strong tower. God is our deliverer. God is our healer. God is our provider. God is our everything. He gave his only begotten son to die in our place for our sins. God gave his all for us. As his children, we are obligated to give our all for him. We must remember the Lord our God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-521-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it and i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flint with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com